Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Today's guest is screenwriter Luke Foster. Hello, Luke. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Welcome to another Fright Fest 2018 preview podcast series. Are you uh, Are you going to be at Fright Fest this year? I am actually yes. Um, I'm mean, obviously my uh, the the film I wrote is screening, but I'm also uh, I have a, a festival pass, um, so I'm going to go to to the whole uh, festival, and I'm um, yeah very much looking forward to it. And the name of your film is? Uh, the name of the film is Ravers. And you wrote that film, so do you want to give us a a brief synopsis as to what Ravers is about? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Ravers is a horror comedy uh, that's set at an illegal rave that takes place in a bottling, an old abandoned bottling plant for where they used to make an energy drink. Um, okay. It's about a germaphobic trainee journalist who finds out that her, her cousin is going to this illegal rave at the bottling plant. Initially, doesn't really want to go, but then finds out that a girl she likes is going to be there. And because she has a bit of a bad experience also with her with her ex-girlfriend, just, just decides to kind of to go. And even though it's kind of like the worst possible place for someone who's germaphobic like her to be in because it's sweaty and disgusting and dirty, she, she takes a risk and goes. Mm. Um, but what she doesn't know is uh, previously... The, the, the reason the plant was actually shut down was because uh, there was an incident where a huge amount of uh, of one of these slightly suspicious substances that they tend to put into energy drinks ended up in a whole batch of the drinks and uh, the worker at the factory kind of went crazy and started attacking his colleagues and the, the factory was shut down. Um, and then during this party, they actually find a batch of this, uh, the ravers at the party find a batch of this drink that was left sort of, and still has this uh, overload of the substance in and start sort of handing out the bottles and drinking it. And that makes all the ravers uh, kind of start to go crazy. And our, our kind of main character gets sort of trapped there with her friends and she has to overcome her, her germophobia in order to get out of the party alive and save her friends. Wowzer, wowzer! Sounds like a sounds like a thrilling ride. So that's going to be that's going to be your world premiere, yeah? It is, yes, yes. That's on the the Saturday um, in Leicester Square at Fight Fest. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'm going to put a link to the show notes in the show notes, sorry, to tickets and programs, so everyone can pick those details up. Now, before we talk in more detail about you about the process of you writing the screenplay, cast your mind back if you can to what you think of as like an early or a fond memory of 
you becoming a f- enamoured or a fan of horror uh, as a as a as a genre? Um, I, I guess that really started when I was I was at university and um, I, I had a, a best friend there who was very much into the genre and he introduced me to it. Um, and this was kind of late late eighties, I guess, when there's just still actually during the whole kind of video nasty era when when quite a lot of horror films were kind of banned in in Great Britain. Um, he started sort of telling me about some of these films like The Exorcist and The Evil Dead um, that were kind of banned at the time. Um, and he also he worked in a video shop, right? So he had access to some of these films as well. So he had like cassette recordings with these some of these films on. Um, and he started just encouraging me to kind of watch it. So I, I, uh, we would go around his house and then, um, uh, yeah, just started watching. And I, I got to see particularly things like, you know, Evil Dead 2, which I absolutely loved. And, um, so then I started watching sort of, yeah, the horror movies from there really and started watching things like Nightmare on Elm Street and then, um, things like, you know, like the Reanimator and those, um, from beyond and all those kind of classic sort of, uh, 80s horror films. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, when uh, as as a writer then, and you're you're uh, you're beginning your journey with Ravers. What was the mm. first What was the first kernel of an idea that that led to you that led to you writing Ravers? Um, well, I kind of started when I was actually just writing some in between kind of uh, kind of official projects. I was I was writing for other people. I just uh, when I I think I was probably waiting for to get some notes back on a draft of a script and I just started playing around with some ideas myself and writing some little short stories uh, just for my own kind of entertainment really and I, I, I came up with this idea for what was initially just going to be a little short comic book story I, I think um, that was called Poppers and was actually about a uh, it was about about some people at a at a uh, like at a, a music festival yeah. um, who were in a dance tent and then someone in the dance tent had this sort of contaminated bottle of poppers and, and when they snorted it they started kind of going crazy and then the, the the popper bottle got dropped on the floor and someone stamped on it and then the fumes spread through the tent and then that turned everyone in the tent started going crazy and and there was about this kind of guy just whose girlfriend got trapped in there and he was trying to get in and then he had to sort of try and get her out and but people, someone like killed the DJ and, um, and, uh, but this guy figured out that he could get people to calm down by throwing water over them. So he was just trying to go like, you know, like just trying to battle his way through these crazy ravers and, and trying to get his girlfriend back. Yeah. Uh, maybe just a little fun little story. I just kind of wrote for my own entertainment, really. Um, sounds, sounds like Popper's just normal, really, as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. It could have just been a normal, a normal, um, a normal batch of bottle of poppers. Um, so how did, just that, how did that, that evolve? Like, how did that evolve? How did you then evolve that idea? As or how did you, what, what did you see in that that was an opportunity to make it into a feature film? Uh, well, I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't initially. I just kind of thought, well, that was fun, and and I just sort of put it. It's one of those as a writer, you know, you write these things and then you just put them to one side or. Um, sort of metaphorically put them in a drawer, really. So yeah. I, 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 and then I was working on some other projects, um, uh, and I, and I think I had I had a meeting with with Bernard Puka, who's my uh, colleague uh, at Ironbox Films, um, and producer, and is is the director of Ravers. Yeah. And I think we were, we were working on something else that wasn't really going anywhere. 
um, a completely different, like a fantasy drama type idea. Um, yeah. I don't remember much about it. I remember it just wasn't really, we were sh- struggling a bit and it just wasn't really working. Um, we were going to have a meeting about that. Mm. And then I think he, the night before, he watched Cabin in the Woods. Right. Um, and then in the middle of watching Cabin in the Woods, just suddenly decided he was going to get me to write a horror comedy. Um, and so when, when, he, when I came for this meeting that was supposed to be about another project, he was like, oh, no, no, forget about that. You should write, I think you should do a horror comedy. And um, and obviously, you know, as I was saying before, my, my whole love of horror came from those kind of 80s sort of yeah, horror yeah, comedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I didn't need uh, any kind of convincing whatsoever to sort of drop this whatever this project that wasn't really working and, and to start working on a horror comedy. So, and then Bernard sort of said, well, have you got, you know, have you got anything? Um, and I had a few ideas, but, and one of which was this sort of poppers thing. So I, I, I sent him the little short story that I had written. Um, and he, he liked that and he thought that could, you know, there was a good, really good starting point. Um, for a horror comedy, you know, he just liked the idea because he used to be a DJ himself. Oh, okay. Uh, and sort of DJed a lot of clubs and parties, and so he he, he really sort of that, that, the idea kind of resonated with him um, for, on that basis, and uh, so we just started working from there. Really, we we took we took as a basis, okay, there was going to be something that turned all the ravers in a club or at a party to kind of go crazy, and then we, mm. we just took that as our starting point and started developing um, the idea into a feature film. Do you do you have a kind of set process that you kind of work to where you're where you're exp- or do you just jump into writing screenplay? Um, no, I've I've never. I, mean, I know there are people who do just start writing. Um, I've never actually tried doing that myself. Um, I've thought about maybe just doing it for one project just to see how that would work. But no, I always sort of outline very heavily. I mean, I, I tend to start start small and grow bigger, really. So I think, say. For something like Ravers, but I've done this for everything I've written, I normally start with maybe even something that's just a page synopsis of the story and then maybe expand that to six pages and then 12 pages and 20 pages, you know, like until you get to quite a long kind of treatment. Um, and then, can, I ask that, can I ask, when you do it, when you go through that process then, are you at each step of the, at each stage in post, as it were, are you then going back to Bernard and saying, Here's where we're at with the idea and sort of get a sense of what, what he thinks. Or is this just, is this like you go away, develop a screenplay as you normally would and come back with a finished screenplay? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I mean, I, we worked very, very closely uh, together on this at every step of the way. So we were constantly discussing ideas, um, trading ideas. I would be saying, what about this? What about that? He'd be saying, oh, no, what about this instead? Or what about this idea? Or he would have an idea and we would discuss it. Um, so yes, no, I mean, I was, we were constantly kind of, uh, discussing the, discussing the script, discussing the film, um, at every stage. And then, so I would say, you know, come up with an outline based on our discussions and then I would send that to him and then we would discuss it more and then I would go away, maybe revise that, expand it a little bit. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very much, uh, we very much sort of developed the, the, the whole story together. No, it's, no, I think it's worth for, for the layperson listening. It's sort of, it can be that collaborative, can't it? The, yes, pro, the yes. process of taking the, the, an idea to screenplay and, and, and making mm-hmm. it ready for, you know, as in if, if Bernard's going to direct it, then for him to be knowing he's going to direct the thing he wants to direct, it's better for you to work with him than work away from him and then come back and go, what about? And have a finished thing. <clears throat> oh, absolutely, yes. And then also, I think, I um, mean, certainly from, from my point of view, 
um, because I knew he was going to be directing it, um, I, I always thought there was no point, you know, like if I like something or I had an idea and then, and, and, but I wasn't quite so sure about that. I always, you know, my immediate thought was you're going to, he's going to be directing it. Therefore there's no point in me kind of clinging onto something or, or keeping, trying to make something work. The, the director doesn't, doesn't resonate with the director. So we were always, we were constantly always looking for, something that both of us liked and both of us felt worked kind of throughout the whole process um what would what do you remember being the sort of toughest storytelling challenge in trying to make this become a, a feature-length story um i think probably i mean there were there were individual scenes that were uh, constantly a challenge but i think as, as a whole i would get, i'd say probably getting the tone right that was the constant and that was the constant challenge really from the moment we started right the way through to the shooting script and and probably remained a challenge through editing and post-production is because I think trying to balance horror with something that's got moments of humor and comedy is, is always kind of challenging just to get that get that balance right, make sure you've got your moments that are kind of scary and suspenseful, um, but also making sure that that humour kind of gets in there and works as well and just having something that just felt kind of fun and entertaining as a whole. So so you've, you've, you've aimed more for the, the horror with funny bits than the comedy with horror bits, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes. I mean, I think... Um, we, I mean, we experimented quite a bit along the way. Mm. Um Certainly, and there were kind of uh, scenes and sequences, probably in earlier drafts that were more, as you say, kind of comedy horror. Um, uh, but we, we, we kind of hit on the we, we decided that what we really, I think, tonally wanted to do was, as, you know, like yeah, fun, entertaining horror film. Um, so we wanted to have we wanted to have the horror, but we also wanted to have yeah, the moments of humour, the moments of comedy in there as well. Now, if uh, now obviously I've not seen the film as it's as it's still being put together, as it were, in a fi- in its final furlong, um, getting ready for Fright Fest. Um, but given given it's the story of a germaphobic journalist, and and it's a horror comedy, I am assuming then we we can expect elements of particular gross out. I imagine. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think. Um... As, as a writer, if you have a, a germaphobic character, you, you wouldn't be doing your job properly if you didn't <laughs> kind of put that character into some really gross kind of situation. So, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And do you want to, as, as a bit of a tease then for people, what, what, what particular set piece are you looking forward to seeing with the Fright Fest audience? Um, I don't really, I don't know how much I really want to give away in terms of the story, really, but... Um, Be as abstract as you can, and then in terms of just alluding to if, if it's possible. Uh, well, there was, yeah, there, I mean, there's a moment towards the end when um, that involves a, a, a dumpster that I, I, I think is, is, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing uh, people's reactions to. There we go. You see, I, that tells me nothing other than to look forward to the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, sir, thank you very much for uh, giving us your time on the podcast. No, you're welcome. The BritFlix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Or if you want to help me out directly, there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. 
the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. another season of the Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find the Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Palmetto Porch.